0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Yankees and Jets fans alike tremble in fear as the greatest Boston sports podcast returns. That is right, Chowderhead Sports is back. Hello, Welcome to Chowderhead Sports here coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, we've got the Celtics, we've got the Bruins, and we've got Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. And Chowderheads is back. Yes, it is back. It's been a little while. It's been too long. Um, but I know a lot has really happened in the sports world. I kind of took a couple months off to you know, just get ready for the end of the school year. And, you know, I've been a little lazy and I apologize for that. And while Chowderhead Sports was sitting on the sidelines, all of the four major Boston sports teams, realistically, they moved forward eons and eons ahead of what I can cover you've got. You know, obviously the end of the NHL season, the end of the NBA season, the start of OTAs for football. You've got the baseball season already halfway over at the All-Star break. I've missed a lot, and it's kind of sad. I really want to dive into everything, you know, the Bruins and their loss to the Ottawa Senators and the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, I wanted to talk so much about the Warriors and the Cavs in that finals and how much I hate Kevin Durant and the entire Golden State Warrior team. And, you know, the Gordon Hayward signing for the Celtics and trading Bradley and all that kind of stuff. You know, I wanted to talk, you know, All-Star break and who should be All-Stars and who shouldn't and the Home Run Derby and Aaron Judge, the, you know, Yankees demon that he is and all that kind of stuff. And I just missed a lot. And, you know, I feel bad. So let's just jump right into where we can. Um... Let's just start off with the Celtics because they're even though it's the off season, like the Bruins. Listen, the Bruins. I understand that their season's over, and I know that they, um, you know, they have free agency, but it's not really buzzing around the Bruins that much. They're in a rebuilding stage. You know, they're just trying to put a team out there, a full season with Bruce Casti as coach and all that. So basically, the Bruins are taking the back seat, but the Celtics, uh, Patriots, and Red Sox, we've got them all ready today. So. Like I said, Celtics is what we're starting off with, because last time you guys heard from me, we were in the Eastern Conference Finals, or we were, I'm not 100% sure. No, maybe not. Maybe we're still in the regular season. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, the Celtics were the number one seed. They lost in five games to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And to be honest with you, with Isaiah Thomas not playing, that's all you could ask for, is them to win a game you know I, I didn't expect them to beat cleveland in a four games in a seven game series and i didn't expect them to beat them four times um, so you know they overachieved i think for a lot of people they didn't expect them to be the 1 seed they didn't expect them to get the number 1 pick in the draft they didn't expect them to win a game in the eastern conference finals so you know let's just take this season chalk up the 2016 2017 season as the Celtics as a complete w a big w Bigger than the ones that the Cubs fly at the end of their games. You know what I mean? Just an absolute perfect season for the Celtics. And it didn't end in a championship. And realistically, most sports teams, it's like either you win the chip or your season's a failure. And that is not the case for the Celtics, man. They improved. They've proved that they got a superstar in Isaiah Thomas. They proved that adding another piece like Al Horford really is uh, a destination that people want to play at. And they got the number one pick, which they traded down and got the number three pick and drafted Jason Tatum from Duke. Love the pick. Really think he's going to mesh well with Jalen Brown. It shows you that they're building for the future. But by signing Gordon Hayward in the offseason this year, they're already starting the 2017-2018 season off right by once again getting a marquee free agent, showing that Boston is an attractive place to play. You've got enough pieces where win now doesn't seem that crazy, right? With an Isaiah, uh, Hayward, and Horford big three. That's not the big three that can beat the Warriors, but that's a big three that can compete with Cleveland for two, three years. And you've also got Jalen Brown, and you also have Jason Tatum to look for the future. You know what I mean? The next, you know, seven, eight years. You know, so it's just, it's a great... Place to be. I'm real. There's there's so many things I'm interested. in. I'm interested in watching the growth of the you know the number three picks that we have in Brown and Tatum. I'm also really interested in Gordon Hayward. He's one of my favorite players in the league. The dude is a baller. He balled out for Utah the last seven years he's been in the league. And to be honest with you, you know he's just the kind of guy we need. He can score. He can play defense. He can dunk. You know what I mean? He's not five nine. No offense to Isaiah Thomas. Hey, I'm right there with you. I'm five eight. But, you know, he can stretch the floor. He can, you know, hit big shots. He was great. I don't know if you ever watched the uh, the series with the Clippers this year. It was, you know, Clippers-Jazz. It went seven games. Oh, it was unbelievable series. And Hayward was knocking down these big shots in game six. Oh, my goodness. It was – he's a fun player to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing him, you know, in Celtic Green next year. And, and it silences – You know, all of the critics that, oh, we can't, you know, we Paul George, Jimmy Butler, you know, all of these names, Blake Griffin being thrown around as coming to the Celtics, and, you know, with Jimmy Butler getting traded to the Timberwolves, with Paul George getting traded to the Thunder, with uh, Blake Griffin signing a big contract to stay with the Clippers, it seemed like the Celtics weren't going to get anybody, and then, you know, here comes Gordon Hayward, and he saves the day for Danny Ainge by signing here, and I just want to take a moment uh, because I was on the 4th of July, you know, at my barbecue, playing some cornhole. And I remember checking my phone and hearing, you know, breaking news, Celtic signed Gordon Hayward. And I was like, yes, 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 you know, high fives all around. And then it was like, you know, 20 minutes later, no, I don't believe the initial report. You know, his agent says he's still making the decision. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it was like that last year with Kevin Durant. I remember waking up last year, and there was like a CBS had said something like Kevin Durant signing with Celtics. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then, you know, it was like, ah, never mind. So, you know, it, it just everyone under the sun reported. And then, you know, even with Hayward this year, it was, oh, he's going to the Heat. Oh, he's, you know, staying home. Oh, he's going to Boston. Like every team that was in the mix had a report that he was signing there. So. As much as I don't really like what LeBron did when he left Cleveland for Miami, I do think that, you know, his whole decision thing, that whole, like, TV show that he had where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to, this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and play for the Miami Heat, you know, that whole thing. Um, I think it in the long run, it was a good decision on his part because it was straight. We all sat there on the television. We all were staring at the TV, wondering where he's gonna go. And when he says South Beach, you know, a lot of hearts sank. And for the people in Miami, they obviously were happy. But at that moment, you knew it wasn't this guessing game. It wasn't leaked reports. It wasn't you know trying to say, okay, well, hey, this guy has a blue check mark next to his name on Twitter, and he said that is th- that he signed here, so it must be true. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't have the same amount of uncertainty when you just come out and do it on a TV show like that. And to be honest with you, I criticized LeBron for doing that for years and years and years. And now that I see, you know, with Kevin Durant, Gordon Hayward, and all these other players who things get leaked out and whatnot and fake, you know, reports and stuff, I'm I'm glad he did it because I, I can't imagine. There was, you know, out of the 30 teams in the league, all 30 teams were interested in LeBron James. So if you imagine if he made that decision today... You know all thirty teams would be like, "Oh yeah, you know LeBron signs a two-year deal with the Phoenix Suns." You'd be like, "Why?" You know what I mean? But oh wait, wait a minute. This guy reported it. So LeBron, I'm gonna little, I'm gonna give you some some, you know, respect on that decision thing because it told everybody at the same time, and there was no you know gray area. Of, well, this is it really true? So I think more players should maybe do that. You know, and who knows? I don't know, but. Moving on, we got Hayward, we got Tatum, we lost Avery Bradley, and we lost uh, Amir Johnson. Those are some of the big names. So on, on Twitter, on the Chowderhead Sports Twitter, if you want to go follow it, it is at Chowder Sports, you know, just Chowder Sports. Um, I tweeted out a poll saying, Did the Celtics get better this year than last year? And. I said, you know, and I did like, well, we acquired Gordon Hayward. We lost Bradley. We lost Johnson. You know, is this really a better team? And a whopping 100% of voters said, yes, this is a better Celtics team. So let me play devil's advocate here because the 100% of you who voted said that, yes, they're better. And now let me just play devil's advocate. So right now, you're rolling with Isaiah Thomas at point guard. You've got no idea who's going to play a shooting guard. Personally, all right, let me just tell you this. I want them to put this lineup out. At the one, Isaiah. At the two, Jalen Brown. At the three, um. Tatum. Four, Hayward. Five, Horford. Okay, because that's th- that's a small ball lineup. As a vicious small ball lineup, there's not a lot of height there besides Horford, but not even. But you're giving time to everybody. So you got Tatum and Brown playing together and you've got your big three on the court. Realistically is that gonna happen? Probably not. They're probably gonna find some Jabroni to stick it at power forward, so then it would just be, you know, Isaiah, Jalen Brown, um, at the two, have Horford at the three, have Jabroni at the four, and have Horford at the five. That's probably what they're gonna do. But you know, the Celtics got worse defensively. Avery Bradley could shut down Kyrie, Curry, Westbrook. You know, he could play those guys. Isaiah Thomas can't play defense on any of those guys because he's just too small. John Wall, even. Who is Isaiah really going to cover? You know what I mean? He's five nine. It's just a physical disadvantage. And he, he's just got no chance. You know, he's, he's one of the worst-rated defenders, defenders in all of basketball. It's sad, I, I know, but it's not his fault. And so when you had Bradley out there, he kind of masked Isaiah Thomas's defensive liability. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to sit there watching games next year, pound your fist on the coffee table, and say, God damn it, Isaiah Thomas can't play any defense. And you're going to look and be like, well, where's the guy who can play defense on him? Well, he's on the Pistons now. That's Avery Bradley. And I understand signing Hayward is a big move. I, like I said, I love the guy, love of the player, fantastic talent, all-around superstar, but he's not covering guards. You know what I mean? He's a small forward slash power forward, which is where I'd like to see him. You know what I mean? He's not covering guys who have crazy handles, you know, who are spitting all around. Look, go go watch a Kyrie Irving highlight tape, and you all be like, how could anyone cover that? And then go watch, you know, uh oh geez it was one of the games in March the Celtics played the uh the Cavs at home at the garden and it wasn't the game we got blown out it was a different game uh and we fantastic he played fantastic he he covered them well Kyrie wasn't that effective and you're like wow you really start to value defense and in a league right now you've got people like James Harden you know you've got people like Steph Curry who just don't play defense who just choose to not really play defense Um, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a couple guys who really stand out defensively. Kawhi Leonard is one of the other guys who is just a monster on defense. And Avery Bradley was one of them. Avery Bradley did not get all NBA first or second team defense. And you had other teams, players, Devin Brooker. Don't know who that is. Devin Booker, I think it is actually. You don't know who he is. He's the guy who dropped 70 on the Celtics for the Phoenix Suns earlier this year. You have him. You've got like CJ McCollum, I think it was. You've got uh, uh, Damian Lillard. They all tweeted out, oh, this is ridiculous. How is Avery Bradley not on here? So there are other players on other teams who face Avery Bradley and say, how is he not on this list? How is he not all NBA first team? Because basically he got shafted. So you traded away your best defender, one of the best defenders in the league. And as much as I hate to say it, that's gonna come back and bite the Celtics. As great as Hayward is, as great as Isaiah Thomas is, that defensive liability is still gonna be there and it's still What well, it's it's gonna be there and it's going to be more prevalent. It's going to be actually seen. You're not gonna have this guy cover it up for you. Um, I don't think Marcus Smart is as good defensively. I also think he flops a lot. So I don't think Marcus Smart's going to be the guy to fill those big defensive shoes. I think you're going to see a lack of defense on the Celtics when Isaiah Thomas is on the floor just because there's going to be no Avery Bradley to cover it up. And that's pretty much my whole take on that on the Celtics to play devil's advocate. But as far as the Twitter polls go, I'm going to try to do a Twitter poll you know, a day or two before I record just so I can kind of you know you guys can go vote say oh yeah like I you know whatever the question is and then obviously you know I'll come and talk about the results but 100% of people like the Hayward signing think it makes us better and to be honest with you if I saw that Twitter poll I would definitely vote yes the Celtics are better so you know I was just playing devil devil's advocate back there so don't hate me all right Hayward don't come and say yeah you know oh damn it chowderheads I'm gonna prove you wrong on defense actually you can go do that you know whatever um so yeah that's pretty much it for celtics uh like i said the tate on the draft pick he's balling out in the summer league he's making highlight tapes he's just unbelievable if you get a chance watch him uh i'm a big fan of what i've seen so far but i take it with a grain of salt because it's the summer league it's kind of you know inferior talent you'd hope a number three pick would be able to you know kill guys picked in the third round um so you know we're gonna just put a bookmark on that and just say hey like what we're seeing like if he was it's see it's a lose-lose I've, I've heard other you know people say that if you're ass in the summer league people are gonna be like this dude sucks so we don't want him and if you're good in the summer league people are gonna be like well you should be good you're playing a bunch of bums so Tatum listen I'm gonna give you credit you're you're not letting the moment get to you you're playing on NBA courts and from, you know, NBA three-point distance and all that jazz, you're you're kind of in the real deal and you're performing well. So I'm not going to sit here and say that what you do doesn't matter. And I'm not going to just dismiss the fact that you're dunking on people and, you know, breaking ankles and all that stuff. But I am going to say, keep it up. Let's see it when the games actually start putting a win and loss in the column. All right. So that's it for the Celtics. That's it for the draft. And I know I probably glanced over a lot, but we got to get through this stuff. So let's now jump to Tommy Terrific's team, the New England Patriots. There's not too much to say because not a lot has happened. I know they had training camp or not training. They had OTAs. Um, and basically what, what what's really happened in the world of the Patriots is this whole um Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady thing has really taken over who's going to be the guy. Um I have an unpopular take when it comes to Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo and Tom Brady. I'll share that with you guys on a different day on a slow news day, but this is a this is a lot going on, but pretty much got Cooks, you got Edelman, you got Amendola, you got Gronk, you got Dwayne Allen, you got like a million running backs, you got TB12, you got uh, Butler, you got Gilmore, you got Hightower, you got you got us. This team has some serious, serious star-studded names, and I think we're better than we were last year, and we won the Super Bowl last year, so what more can I say? But, you know, Tom Brady is getting old, um, so we'll see exactly how his TB12 sports lifestyle, you know, the whole eating avocado, ice cream, and pretty much being a... N- you know, nutcase where, where that's going to get him. I love Tom Brady, don't get me wrong. It's just weird what he does to his body. Um, But, yeah, the Patriots, listen, it's Super Bowl or bust. You don't make those kind of off season moves and, you know, lose in the divisional round of the playoffs. You just don't. You know what I mean? And I used to say, you know, barring injuries, there's no reason for the Patriots to not, you know, win it all. And what name and injury... That would stop the Patriots' chances of winning a Super Bowl this year. Gronk, no, nah, we did that last year. We lost Gronk last year. Edelman, no, nah, we've got we've got Hogan. We've got some other guys who can step into his role. Uh, Brady, no, no, no. This is going to be one of the first times that if Tom Brady goes down, I'm not going to sit and think that the season's over because Jimmy G is. A phenomenal quarterback. Do you know how I know that? He's only played a game and a half. And he got injured. But Jimmy Garoppolo. Is the real deal. Why? Because Bill Belichick didn't trade him. So Bill Belichick must believe. That he could win a Super Bowl. With that guy at quarterback. Because from the offers I heard. First round pick. Two first round picks. High high first-round picks, like maybe number one from Cleveland. Uh, if Bill said no to that, then you clearly he clearly he values Jimmy Garoppolo, and he, he showed his hand. He said, listen, I'm going to keep this guy. So if Brady goes down, Bill Belichick has all the confidence in the world that Jimmy Garoppolo can step in and play fine and potentially win him a Super Bowl. So yeah, realistically, the Patriots, you, you better be playing in Super Bowl 52. If Brady's not there, if Gronk's not there, if Edel—I mean, basically, the half the team would have to get hurt for me to really say no. Because there's just so many—we're so deep at every position. It feels like maybe if the offensive line starts to go down like it did in 2015, I'd make an excuse for it. But right now. Bill Belichick proved to me by keeping Garoppolo that he thinks he can win a Super Bowl with him because why would you know Bill Belichick loves draft picks and he loves taking those high first round picks and he would totally scam other teams and get like 30 other draft picks and you know what I mean, whatever. He'd much rather do that than keep a backup quarterback unless that backup quarterback could win him a Super Bowl and which I believe he believes that Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy. So Brady goes down this year just like in 2008 Jimmy G is the guy who could get us to Super Bowl fifty two and get us our seventh Lombardi trophy, our sixth Lombardi trophy and our tenth Super Bowl appearance. My bad, my numbers were off. Uh so yeah, that's that's how I feel realistically, because Tom Brady is great and all, but Bill Belichick would keep a backup that he believes in. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just that. You know what I mean? If Tom Brady is my favorite Patriot, favorite football player of all time, no one will ever change that. Um but yeah, pretty much, if he goes down, I still got confidence in the team. Got confidence in Jimmy G. I, I liked what I saw last year. I know he got hurt, and I ripped him for that. But at the same time, listen, I uh, I really do believe that Bill Belichick has a plan for him, and he's on this roster because he thinks he can win. He thinks that he, as in Bill Belichick, thinks that Garoppolo can win. So we'll see where that goes. But as of right now, you know, we can just all sit here and speculate what he's going to do, and, and who knows, maybe Belichick just didn't like this draft, so he's going to trade Garoppolo maybe this year and try to get picks for the 2018 draft. Who knows? Who knows? Certainly not Shutterhead Sports. We don't got any Bill Belichick uh, insight yet, yet, but we will. Don't worry. We'll get that. We'll get, we'll get on the field during the Super Bowl to do interviews and stuff one day. Don't worry. Don't sleep. Um... And, yeah, it's pretty much it for the Patriots. You know, I just want to touch on them because they're, you know, the fan favorites. They really run this town. You know what I mean? I kind of believe that as far as, like, what matters to the city of Boston for sports. You know, Boston's a baseball town, but they sure do love their football. You know what I mean? If it's a slow day for the Sox, you know what I mean? They're just with, they're grinding out. Like, I, I heard this on the radio the other day. If the Red Sox, you know, come August... You know, we're right around preseason time. If the Red Sox are just grinding out those close games, 4-2, 3-1, whatever, you know what I mean? The boring games that we all call them, and the Patriots, you know, start coming in, it's just going to be Patriots City. It's going to be talking about Cooks. It's going to be talking about um, the Butler contract because, you know, that's going to be kind of interesting. It's going to be talking about all these running backs and who's going to be where and, you know, who's this... You know, Lewis, White, Burkhead, Gillespie, or whatever the hell his name is. It's just, it's going to be a, it's going to be Patriot, just crazy as far as the radio goes, and probably on showderheads too, even though we're a podcast, we are not the radio. Um, but yeah, I, I really do see a, a, a strange... I don't know. Like it's like a full moon and a werewolf comes out of everybody when the Patriots come on. The I mean, Boston fans, you know, and and you saw it with the SBs last night. Boston fans know the Patriots do not give get enough love from the rest of the country. You know, at the SB's last night, Tom Brady did not win best. Super Bowl or not best Super Bowl he didn't win best championship performance which is BS and he didn't even win best player in the NFL best NFL quarterback or whatever I forget the award it went to Aaron Rodgers which is a joke all right everyone's got to stop riding Aaron Rodgers what has Aaron Rodgers really done I get it he makes a lot of flashy plays and all that crap but realistically what has he done he's won one Super Bowl like, in 2011 or 2010 or something like that. Like, w- what? What does he really... Go- show me in the last five years, what has Aaron Rodgers done? He's won on MVP. He's lost a bunch of playoff games, I'll tell you that much. He hasn't been back to the Super Bowl. He had one good run with one defensively stacked roster. Go look at that defense. That defense was mean, boy. I'm not saying that he didn't deserve that Super Bowl, but I'm saying that was a mean defense. Clay Matthews in his prime... Dude was a just a beast. I mean, he had a phenomenal defense to play with. So I understand that Aaron Rodgers th- makes these hail mary passes against the Lions and these unbelievable sideline throws against the, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and he, you know, does all that crap. But listen, Aaron Rodgers is talented, no question about it but he is just like Drew Brees. Like, what has he done? What has Drew Brees done? And Aaron Rod, what have they done? Throw him for 5,000 yards a couple times, you know, win an MVP or two, win one Super Bowl, and all of a sudden everyone loses their mind. Oh my God, he's a bad man. Aaron Rodgers is a bad... Shut up. Why is everyone obsessed with Aaron Rodgers? And and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers oh my god, don't even get me started on Philip Rivers, all right? Phillip Rivers is a schmuck. And that's just a totally different guy. He's not but people love Phillip Rivers, right? I mean, he's like supposed to be this great quarterback. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, okay. What Hall of Famer are you in, buddy? You are gonna let Pete Rose in your hall of fame too if you're lending Philip Rivers? Anyways. Sorry, I just lost my mind right there. But it just bothers me that Tom Brady and the New England Patriots as a whole team, they just don't get love from any other place besides New England. So that's why Boston fans lose their mind when the Patriots are on and we're rabid and we're screaming and we're singing at the AFC Championship game and we're freaking out and parades are having millions of people and you know we're willing to go to jail for Tom Brady and all that crap because he doesn't get that love anywhere else. Not from the SPs or ESPN or the NFL itself or any of the other, you know, broadcast, Fox, CBS. You know, he doesn't get it from other quarterbacks. He doesn't get it from Troy Aikman doesn't really like him. Joe Buck is a schmuck. That's why his name rhymes with it. He doesn't get it from, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The greatest show on turf's quarterback for the Rams. Oh, it's going to kill me. Uh, anyways, doesn't get any love from him. You know, it's just, it's terrible. Tom Brady just gets dragged through the media mud, um, you know, and in, in ESPNs and all that stuff. And yet ESPN is sitting here loving Aaron Rodgers. You know why they love Aaron wa- Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers is a loser. He's a loser. He doesn't win. Doesn't win championships. He's talented. I like the guy. I draft him in fantasy almost every year i try to get Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. i get one of those two guys. But neither of those two guys have five Super Bowl rings. Just like Peyton Manning. Peyton had two. And you take away the one at the end of his career that he was basically just along for the ride. Right? I mean, he was benched for Brock Osweiler that season. So you take that one away. He's got one, too. Just like the other two amigos. So they're the three amigos that ESPN just loves so much. And they're really under qualified to be considered the GOAT, to be considered best quarterback in the league. I mean, Tom Brady has five championships. He made a 25-point comeback in the Super Bowl. He had an undefeated regular season. I understand we lost the Super Bowl. Still doesn't take away that he went 16-0, all right? 16-0, no one else has done that since, you know. And, and, you know, Drew Brees isn't going 16-0 with the Saints. Aaron Rodgers ain't going 16-0. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, let's just take a look at this, right? Just, just you know, let's just take a look at the season of the Green Bay Packers. The one that Aaron Rodgers won best quarterback for at the Espies by the way. So Aaron Rodgers won 10 games, lost 6. So he played all 16 games. Brady only played in 12. 111 lost one okay so let's just look to see what their numbers were Aaron Rodgers threw 40 touchdowns seven interceptions had 4,428 yards Tom Brady had 28 touchdowns two interceptions 3,500 passing yards so realistically obviously the numbers Aaron Rodgers had more of everything including interceptions but he had about a thousand more passing yards and twelve more touchdowns. So it's not like he was out of this world. And Tom Brady's passer rating was one twelve and Aaron Rodgers was one hundred four. So all Brady's also got the better rating. But, you know, let's not forget that the Atlanta Falcons in the divisional round of the playoffs, right? I mean, not the divisional round, Jesus Christ. The NFC Championship game played the great Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had just come off of beating the Giants, right? Pretty convincingly, 38-13. Just had that stunning win in Dallas, 34-31. That was an unbelievable game. Made that great throw on the sidelines. Anyways, he played the Atlanta Falcons. Let's just see uh, his uh, statistics. Well, he uh, had 47 passing attempts for 27 completed, which is a 60% completion. percent. He had 20, 287 yards. He had three touchdowns. He had one interception. And he had a passer rating of 91.6. Okay? Tom Brady threw... 62 times, 43 completions, which is a 69.4, call it a 70% completion rate, so that's 10 more. He had 466 passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception, and a passer rating of 95.2 in the Super Bowl, okay? So the team, the defense that held Aaron Rodgers to under 300 yards, Allowed Tom Brady to throw for damn near half a thousand yards. And the team that kept Aaron Rodgers to such a low completion percentage, 60, Tom Brady had almost 10% higher. And And he threw more passes. Like, who throws more passes and has a higher passer rating? I mean, has a higher completion percent. Usually it's lower. The more you throw, the less you complete. I don't know. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. They won that game against Atlanta. And Aaron Rodgers got ethered. He got cremated. The final score of that game was 44-21. to All right? So Tom Brady was losing 28-3, to made the comeback. Aaron Rodgers is losing, you know, 44-21. to I mean, I forget what it was at halftime, but he didn't make the comeback. He wasn't good enough. And it just goes to, like, they're not good. Aaron Rodgers is not clutch. He is not playoff poised like Tom Brady is so you know when I talk about Red Sox taking the backseat to the to basically the Patriots and all other sports teams take a backseat to the Patriots in New England sure I feel bad but at the same time I know that Tom Brady is not getting the same amount of love and the same amount of even just respect from ESPN from the NFL from NFL Network from you know all of these other places the only guy affiliated with the NFL that I have seen give Tom Brady a real real credit is Scott Hanson the guy who does the uh the uh on red zone for Verizon uh you know the Verizon red zone my favorite thing you know after the Super Bowl he's like that's the goat right there that's Tom Brady that's the goat um and just a lot of respect for him so I I really don't see that from anyone else. No one else has given Tom Brady the respect he deserves, and it's a shame. So, yes, when the, whenever the Red Sox kind of get in the dog days of summer and the Patriots just start up, it's going to be all Patriots all the time all the way up until they win the sixth Lombardi cha- uh, trophy. That's where I'm leaving my Patriots take for the day. That was more like an Aaron Rodgers slash Philip Rivers slash... Drew Brees beat down but you know Uh, anyways uh, going on to the Red Sox the last thing we've got here the Red Sox are smooth sailing not smooth sailing but sailing decently smoothly if that's a way to put it into the all-star break there Um, they've won 50 games so far I I think they're three and a half games above the New York Yankees awesome love seeing that Uh, in the AL East Chris Sale's proving that he's a he's an ace, but not only is he an ace, he is the best pitcher in the American League, based off of the fact he was the American League All Star Game starter, and he's also the guy who I would want out there for those Game Sevens in the playoffs. You know, he's the guy who the moment just doesn't seem to bother. He's a beast, you know, and and he's just he's what we all wished Price was let's just, let's just be real. I wished Price was what Chris Sale was when we signed Price. I was like, oh, maybe he can be the guy. Nope. Sale's the guy, but Price is just decent too. So Porcillo falling off the wagon. You know, he's, he was Cy Young last year. He sucks this year. You know what I mean? What can you do? Uh, Drew Pomerantz actually hasn't been pitching too terrible. He's had a couple good starts. Um, and they're really just messing around with who their other guy's going to be. They don't really know. They've, Brought up you know Brian Johnson, I think his name was you know basically Eduardo Rodriguez is heard, so they're bringing up all these random guys like Fisk or Filt or something I don't know I don't even know who it is you know it's a new guy every week so right now, as much as I like to see you know mookie Betts starting to hit really well um Xander Bogart still has a really really high uh batting average you know Padre is doing his thing, and Andrew is coming on with a couple multi home run games and and whatnot um and i think he had like a five hit game too like you know the there's definitely a lot of upside with the with the like rest of the team but it's just the starting pitchers for me man it's just besides chris sale you don't know what you're gonna get Porcillo can give up you know 10 runs or or price can just suck and you know Pomeranz very easily can suck so there's just not a lot of consistency with the with the starting five, and you need that to go deep in the playoffs. You know, not only, like, I don't even really want to talk about how disappointed I am in Thornburg and Carson Smith not even playing a game yet, you know what I mean? You know, we deal Travis Shaw and all these other guys to get some good bullpen pieces, and they're not even out there. The bullpen is not, not looking good. Joe Kelly, Matt Barnes, like, they're decent, but Thornburg and Carson Smith, Way better, those are the guys that you really want to see out there. Craig Kimbrell's having an unbelievable year uh, he's you know I think he's like perfect at Fenway Park for save opportunities. You know, let's keep that knock on wood, but yeah, no let's uh that's definitely an improvement. I know he's kind of like one of those heart attack closers. He really will just mm, get some guys on base and you're like, oh, what's he doing? what's he doing? what's he doing and then he you know punches two guys out throwing like a hundred miles an hour so. He's, he does his little stare-down thing. I let him do his own thing. Uh, I try not to get too nervous. He's on the mound anymore, and I don't think any other Red Sox fan should. He's really proved himself. So, you know, that's the Red Sox are doing well, beating the Yankees. You know, they're playing the Yankees coming up after the All-Star break. I know I've got tickets. I want to go see the Red Sox smoke Aaron Judge in the Yankees because I don't like Aaron Judge. I know everyone else, oh, he's home run, you know, Derby King, and oh, he's so great and all that stuff. Nah, I'm not buying it. He's a hack. He's a wannabe. He's not the real deal. That's a take for the next day uh, after we play him for a couple games. We'll see if I still feel that way. But that's my uh, that's my opinion on Aaron Judge, all rise. Nah, 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 I'm sitting I'm staying sitting. You know what he did last year? He had like 84 bats and struck out 40 times with like a 180, you know, average. He was trash last year. And all of a sudden, he comes up and he's hitting all these dingers left and right. He's at 30 home runs in the first, you know, 81 games. Yeah, okay. Let's just, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Maybe he's taking something or whatever because, you know, no one makes that kind of turnaround naturally if if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so let's just... Listen, let's just not crown the king yet, okay? Let's just take a step back. The kid hasn't done anything. He's played one hell of a half a season. Let's still see where the next 80 games take us, and let's see where his whole career takes us, right? You know, they've already got that, like, judges at Yankee Stadium, the worst stadium in baseball. They already have this, like, judges section or whatever they call it. I don't know, like, judges den or something. I don't know. You know, and the kid's doing great, but, like, what if he sucks the rest of this year? What if he sucks next year? Like, they're going to kind of just, like, take that down low-key and be like, yeah, okay, he's not as good as we thought. You know what I mean? So they're really, like, pushing this whole judge thing on you. I know he's got a cool last name, but he, they're really pushing it on you. So let's, it'd be so funny. Listen, I'd get a lot of joy out of this. If he sucks, if he doesn't play, you know, as good next year as he did this year, or if he doesn't even play the next, he only hits, like, five home runs in the next eighty one games. It'd be so funny for me to watch him like slowly kinda stop pushing the judge thing, you know, and the all rise and all that stuff and the people in the white wigs. It'd be kinda funny if that slowly starts to disappear and they take that little judge's den sign down or whatever and they're like, Yeah, we're just gonna forget that. That'd be that'd be real funny for me to see. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um I'm what I'm thinking of doing and I'll do it you know, is is Doing one episode a week that is just dedicated to the Boston sports like I did today. And then later in the week, kind of go around the leagues and talk. You know, I really want to talk to Paul George, Trey to the Thunder. You know, talk about Carmelo possibly joining the Rockets. Talk about, um, you know, the other things going on in basketball and football. You know what I mean? Talk about, you know, Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders. And, and, you know, just all the other sports and all the other teams besides just the Boston teams. So I might do that, um, you know, and and do one episode just on Boston and do one episode on the whole rest of the leagues. And, you know, so try to get two episodes out a week. Um, So we'll see where that goes. Like I said, check Twitter, check Instagram. Uh, My Twitter for Chowderhead Sports is, like I said, just Chowder Sports. I, you know, live tweet a lot of games, a lot of updates, you know what I mean? I also will put out those polls on Instagram. It's CH dot sports. I know I should really get those the same, but it's whatever. CH dot sports. Um, you know what I mean? Try to try to get the followers up and, you know, see where that takes us. But uh like I said I'm gonna leave uh next episode for just all around the league and we'll see where how that goes. But um this was Chowderhead Sports. Thank you guys for listening. We're back. You know what I mean? We're gonna really try to uh you know get more content get more of a schedule going so thank you guys for listening and this is Sports and please for the love of God Aaron Rodgers wake up and realize that you're not Tom Brady and you never will be all right that's my outtake for this episode thanks guys and we'll see you next time